unique yet common sense opinions on sports. This is Jeff Allen Sports Talk. Coming up on this episode of the show, we're going to talk a bit about something that happened a couple of weeks ago with the NBA agreeing to pay over $24 million to former ABA basketball players who have struggled over the years. Dr. John Abrams of Dropping Dimes, they're a nonprofit that was founded to help former ABA players and their families. And they had a big part in uh, helping to uh, get this payout generated from the NBA. Dr. Abrams is standing by in the virtual green room, and he will join me in just a moment. Meanwhile, we're approaching the trade deadline in Major League Baseball at this point in time as we record on Friday, July 29th. And it be interesting to see what's going to transpire as far as that goes. Juan Soto of the Washington Nationals, certainly the biggest name being bantied about as far as a key acquisition. Um, he's the biggest name on the list. There's been some potential rumors that maybe the Angels would be able to listen to offers for the great Shohei Otani, the pitcher and designated hitter. Uh, he would command a lot for sure. But even if he just came in and pitched and solidified a five-man rotation, he'd be a tremendous acquisition for a team coming down the stretch. So who will be the buyers and who will be the sellers? Still lots to maintain on that. Of course, uh, now that we just have the uh, the one trade deadline, we don't have the, uh, the waiting to clear waivers portion anymore, uh, which was the part two of that. Uh, it's uh, time to go make your moves. And uh, I'm curious to see what my Braves will do. They, of course, were the big winners at the trade deadline last year, which helped propel them to a World Series with all the major acquisitions they made uh, with uh, Jorge Soler, Eddie Rosario, Adam Duvall, and Jock Peterson. Jock Peterson might be available again. And if I were the Braves, I'd go pull him right back in. I thought he he was a major part Team has a lot of chemistry and a lot of uh, a lot of that, but he gave them a little extra mojo. So uh, pearl neck, ne- necklace and all, uh, it would be great to see him uh, back in a Braves uniform. Uh, see what happens if the Giants indeed become sellers or not. So live golf. They continue to add more to their portfolio of players. Two-time major champ Bubba Watson is going to join. So they're. Picking off more guys. Now, these aren't, you know, guys that are uh, week in and week out killing it on the PGA Tour. It's easy money for these guys at this point. You know, they are doing a lot of spending of money and a lot of generating interest. They're generating that they are a competitive source to the PGA. That still remains to be seen. I don't know if their shotgun three-day format uh, is going to be sustainable. Uh, they need television. Uh, they don't. If they don't ever come across with a network partner, it's not going to work just streaming. So they're going to have to come up with, with, with a viable option. And really the only one is Fox because ESPN has ties to the PGA Tour uh, given the fact that they're part, they run the PGA Tour live now. CBS and NBC, obviously big stakeholders, in fact, won't even say the word live 
or try not to say the word live uh, golf uh, on their broadcast. And after, you know, the early shenanigans, well, maybe not shenanigans, but the early rip that CBS did the first week and uh, Jim Dance calling it a betrayal, which I thought was a bit much, uh, you know, it's a, it's interesting. I mean, they are, they are making noise, but if they don't get Fox, to come on board or if they don't come out with some sort of, you know, maybe they cut a deal with Bally sports to broadcast coast, all those regionals, but you know, how are they going to air baseball games are at different times and it's kind of tough to orchestrate that with regionals, but that's maybe the only secondary option that I can think of at this point in time. So until they get a, a TV partner, uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens uh, as far as that goes. So, Let's get to our esteemed guest. The NBA Board of Governors voted a couple of weeks ago to pay $24.5 million to former American Basketball Association players, many that have been struggling with rent, medical bills, other basic needs. And that agreement was part of a year-long bat, years-long bet, I should say, that was aided by Dropping Dimes, a nonprofit founded to help struggling former ABA players and their families. And joining me on today's podcast, one of their co-founders of Dropping Dimes, Dr. John Abrams. Dr. Abrams, thank you so much for being here. It's my pleasure. Happy to be here. Thank you. And, um, you know, as we discuss this payout from the NBA, let's first start with how this journey got underway. You know, what led you to help start up Dropping Dimes and become an advocate for these players that never got a pension from the NBA when the uh, when they had the merger back in the 1970s? Sure. Well, uh, it goes back about nine years um, when I met a guy, an attorney here in town, uh, Scott Tarter, who was uh, – a collector of memorabilia like I am. He was a big sports fan like I was. Uh, he's a merger and acquisition attorney. I'm an eye surgeon. So we come from different working worlds, but uh, we kind of hit it off, became friends. And I have always been um, close with the ABA Pacer family here in town uh, because I was a ball boy 48 years ago. And a lot of the Pacers that played here um, and became kind of a family and they always did things and I was included um, as a, a member of that group. So um, I was very close with Mel Daniels, one of the great uh, Hall of Fame basketball players from the ABA. And he would tell me about guys that were hurting that he knew of. And I introduced Scott to Mel and we kind of all got to talking and decided that something needed to be done to help these guys. And Scott and I just on our own started a non-for-profit with the sole purpose of helping the ABA players in need. And that was at least oh, eight or nine years ago. So as part of that process, you know, what sort of things have you done leading up to this, uh, this payoff well, of the NBA? I mean, it started the very first thing we ever did. There was a ball player here that actually was a player when I was a ball boy um, for one year who was in a nursing home. He had he'd, uh, fallen on hard times. He had a lot of medical issues and he just wanted a suit to go to church. And we decided he's the first guy we were going to help. And we got him uh, clothed and uh, suits and uh, shoes. And, and, and basically, that was the first thing. And after that, it was all kinds of things. We had um, a situation where Roger Brown, who was another 
Naismith Hall of Famer and a former Pacer, Pacer great, who um, he, he had a couple of families, but somebody had his Hall of Fame jacket, one of the family members, and they put it up in a sports auction and I saw it and we decided th- this jacket needs to go back to the family. His widow's here, uh, his daughter, who's a model out in L.A., and grandson, um, uh, they, they were kind of want- – we, we basically bought it back to give it back to the family. Uh, we had a fundraiser with former ABA players. We brought um, Roger's widow here in town and granddaughter and uh, grandson – or daughter and grandson to the event, and we presented them the Hall of Fame jacket back that night. Um, and then after that, it's just been a whole host of uh, not just local things, but all around the country. We had a, a player who became disabled and his wife had a stroke and they were both in a rehab place and their house became unlivable with mold and, and they wanted to go back to their home. And so we renovated the house. We made it uh, disability accessible. We've given an electric wheelchair to a guy who had to have an amputation because he lost his foot from frostbite because he couldn't pay his electric bill. Uh, I mean, a well-known player who would led the country in NCAA scoring one year. Um, we've, we've had to bury people. Um, a couple of them have been articles in the paper. So they're not, I, we keep everything fairly confidential uh, because uh, uh, people are embarrassed as well as the HIPAA violations from a medical standpoint. A lot of the needs are medical. Uh, had a player who had a heart attack, couldn't afford the co-pays to go to cardiac rehab. So we had to pay for that. And he was having to work in his 70s to make ends meet. And uh, his car broke down. We had to get him another car. I mean, we've done a lot of different things. Um, but a lot of it's been medical related. Copay help, treat, treatment help for cancer, um, hospice care, um, oral surgery. It's not covered by insurance. Uh, we've had a couple guys needing help with oral surgery. Um, probably the saddest one which was in the paper so I can mention it was Sam Smith who just recently died. And the article on him, I believe is what got to a lot of the owners around the country because it was on the front page of USA today. Uh, but Sam his he lived here in town, even though he never played for the Pacers, uh, his daughter just uh, suddenly and unexpectedly at 47 died. And we had to help bury her. But more importantly, Sam and his wife had to adopt her son, who was a, a like a young autistic child. And so we had helped Sam with money at Christmas time to get gifts for the little boy. Um, and then towards the end, we had to help with some health care. And then we had to actually help bury him, too, as well as his daughter. So uh, the sad thing was here towards the end, we've been paying for funerals, not helping guys above the ground. Uh, and, and it got to be a, a lot. And fortunately, we had a, a writer here in town who writes for the Indianapolis Star, but it also goes in USA Today. And she's chronicled some of our um, sad stories that we've had to deal with, uh, which I think was critical in helping us uh, get to the uh, ownership and get their support. And I know, you know, obviously the goal would be to give these guys a, a full pension. Um, so, you know, kind of walk me through how this stuff has been working out, you know, with the NBA, their owners sure. and their players association. Sure. Well, um, I, I was not in the negotiation, uh, part, my partner, Scott, who's a merger and acquisition lawyer, obviously it was does deals all the time was the best person to deal with these New York lawyers at the NBA office. 
But about a year and a half ago, the NBA started to look at this issue. We got a letter, Julius Irving and all the Hall of Famers co-signed a letter to Adam Silver. Um, Bob Costas called Adam Silver. Um, so we, we had some outside support, but Scott took the lead in the negotiations or discussions with the NBA. And I kind of wanted to fly under the radar because I love my job working for the Pacers and I work for the NBA and here we're going after the NBA and embarrassing the NBA. So I can, and I'm also friends with our owner. So I kind of wanted to be in the, uh, the quiet phase. Um, so Scott for 18 months basically has been going back and forth and we provided providing them data on who the players were and how much they played and, and who got what and who didn't get anything. And, and the plan was that they were going to give the ABA players who played at least three years um, or if they played one ABA and two NBA, as long as they didn't get a vested NBA pension, uh, they were going to allow those individuals into this retirement benefit, recognition benefit is what they called it. The legalities of a pension, I think they couldn't call it a pension. They didn't want it to be a pension. Um, I think, you know, they were worried, probably, I mean, I don't know because I'm not a lawyer, but I would worry that widows would come back wanting their husband's, deceased husband's pension, things like that. But anyway, they decided to call it a recognition benefit to recognize the good that these guys did as pioneers and what they gave to the current NBA, which is a lot and it's been chronicled uh, for quite some time. But it was a long drawn out, long drawn out discussions all on Scott's plate for the most part. <laughs> Are there, you know, potentials of, you know, getting more payments or potentially a pension down the road? Is that something you're I, pursuing? I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't expect that. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was a lot to get to this point and it's a lot of money. Don't, don't get anybody say otherwise. I know there's some players, maybe they aren't happy. They didn't get as much as they want or, some of the guys that didn't qualify because maybe they played uh, three or four years in the NBA and got an NBA pension and didn't get credit for the ABA years. Uh, but it's a lot of money and it's going to help change a lot of lives, but it's not going to allow us to go away. We're still going to have to help a lot of guys. There's a lot of players that didn't qualify. Guys that played two years don't get anything. Um, and there's guys that are going to get a little bit that maybe played three or four, but it's not going to be enough. And as medical care keeps going up, as inflation keeps going up, I'm sure we're still going to have a lot to do uh, with helping guys. And so our, our foundation is not going away. No, it's, a, no, it's great to hear that uh, it, with all the work you've done so far and the continued work you will be doing, uh, that's, that's outstanding, you know, and it's, it is also, you know, to me, why they haven't gotten a full pension, which to me is kind of a crime because, you know, you think back, you know, back in the seventies, the NBA was kind of thought of as a stodgy league. The ABA had the flash, high flying reputation, the three point shot, which was born in the ABA, the red, white, and blue basketball. Um, and then you look when that merger, how the ABA infused the NBA with just enormous talent. I mean, you could talk Dr. J, Moses Malone, George Gervin, Artis Gilmore, and that's just a small part of the list, right? Um, you know, it's it seems like a no brainer that. Uh, you know, the, the ABA guy should be taken care of for what they did to fortify the NBA. Right. And that's why they're calling it a recognition benefit. They, they didn't have any legal obligation to give the ABA guys anything. We know that they probably had a moral obligation and that's what got them to this point. But, you know, the, the major league baseball gave the Negro league guys, a pen, you know, a pension, the 
pre-65 NBA guys that didn't have a pension got a pension from the NBA later. Um, apparently, it took an act of Congress to get it done, but it got done. And so, you know, there was some precedent. Um, and, you know, you're right about the ABA giving to the NBA besides, you know, the slam dunk contest, the, the three-point shot, the, the pace of the game they're playing now is the ABA game. And uh, more than that, in the 77, the very first year, and we all call it a merger. They say they acquired four teams. They didn't merge the leagues. They, the ABA just went apart, but they went in, took in four teams, and really hurt those four teams financially when they did come in. But in the first uh, All-Star game after the uh, mer- the combination of the two leagues, <laughs> um, 10 of the 24 All-Stars were ABA players. And two of them were our Pacers. Billy Knight was an, ABA, was an NBA All-Star. He was also an ABA All-Star. And Don Boozy, who was on our team, the two of them were all-stars in the last year of the ABA and the first year of the NBA. And Boozy was the first guy ever recorded to lead the NBA in both steals and assists. So, I mean, a lot was given to the, to the league. Uh, you're right. It was basically a very slow, methodical NBA game, which was primarily white. And the ABA was a fast-paced, run-and-gun, flashy, mostly black league. You know? Yeah, and uh, and again, you just think of just the enormous amount of talent that uh, that was going, on. and and what those players had to endure. The ABA had certainly had their struggles, uh, you know, staying afloat, uh, you know, not having a lot of fans in attendance in in some places, uh, you know, just to, yeah. the remarkability of what they did to get to where they got it was pretty amazing. Right. Well, the Pacers, you know, I'm I'm obviously know more about the Pacer history, but, you know, we wouldn't have the city we have. We wouldn't have the downtown and all the sports we have if it wasn't for the contribution of the Pacer. They did more than contribute to the NBA. All these teams contributed to their communities. You talk to people my age from Louisville, they love the Colonels. They still love the Colonels. And Dan Issel's on the radio down there all the time uh, on, a, on the ESPN show. Um, there's a lot of that around. Um, you know, the teams that went into the NBA, the four of them, they, um, you know, they continued with their basketball history, but the others still have still have fans elsewhere around the country. We find that because we get donors from all around the country. We we get people sending us donations because we're a non for profit. Um, and since some of these more recent articles, we've gotten some really large donations. We've had a little help from. Well, first of all, the Pacers have been hugely um, helpful to our foundation. When we had the 50 year reunion here uh, in 2018, we had a huge weekend with over a hundred players came back and we had a Friday night player only event. We had a Saturday afternoon at the historic Hinkle Fieldhouse where Butler plays. Uh, we had a signing autograph signing with fans. All the money went to dropping dimes. I mean, you know, you could have had artists and Dan Issel and Spencer Haywood, Rick Berry, they were signing autographs for free with all the money. Well, not for free, but with all the money going to our foundation, um, and then we had a gala down at our Banker's Life Fieldhouse with Bob Costas emceeing. It was as nice a fundraising gala as you ever have. And the Pacers, basically, the, our, our owner and the team paid for pretty much the event that night uh, and allowed us to raise almost a couple, about $200,000 for our foundation, which was a huge thing that's allowed us to help a lot of guys. So we've had support from the Pacers. I will mention that when we were going to plan this big reunion, we went to the other three teams 
of which none of them would give us any support. <laughs> but I have a great relationship with the Pacers. I've been their eye surgeon for 36 seasons. Um, I've been there longer than anybody, if you go back to my ball boy days, and anybody in the organization. And they were really very generous to our foundation, very helpful. That is awesome. Um, so with all the things that you guys have done, you know, I, I imagine, you know, you've gotten some meaningful response and appreciation. Uh, can you share what what that feels like? Well, well I mean, sometimes to see the players crying uh, says a lot or their wives or their family members. Um, we, we have gotten a lot of gratitude from so many people. These these players were our heroes and our idols growing up. And they can't be forgotten and they need to be comfortable in their later years. They deserve it. Um, we get uh, we get letters and notes and cards every time there's an article in the paper about something. Uh, and more recently about this uh, um, benefit that the players are going to get. We get notes from people that we don't know who they are, but they're fans all around the country thanking us for what we've done. I mean, it, it means a lot. We, we don't do it for the gratitude and the, the uh, publicity. Uh, we're just trying to help these guys. I mean, we're, I mean, I'm busy and my partners are busy. We have, there's three of us. We have, besides Scott and I founded the, the uh, foundation, we brought in Ted Green, who's a filmmaker, a documentary guy who made the documentary on Roger Brown and one on Slick Leonard. He's done several of them. He, uh, he's the third of the, the three amigos or three musketeers or the three stooges, whatever you call us. <laughs> um, and we have a great advisory board. I mean, we, we have a lot, we have all the hall of famers, all the ABA greats, we have Bob Costas and Peter Vesey. They've been helpful. Um, Reggie Miller, who was a rookie when I was a rookie as the eye doctor, he's been very supportive because Mel Daniels and Roger Brown were a big influence on him when he came to Indianapolis. Uh, he's, he's done fundraisers for us, um, although he doesn't want any publicity. So um, I, I'll mention it anyway because Reggie's a great guy. Uh, but, but, you know, that's, we, we've had a lot of support. That's, that's incredible. And so what can folks out – in our audience, if they want to aid what you're doing, um, what sort of things can they do to help? Well, um, best thing to do is to go to our website and see what we're doing. It's uh, droppingdimes.org. Uh, they can make donation to help uh, help guys. We've had some donations that have come in that have been like donor directed. They say, I want you to help a Carolina Cougar because I was a huge Cougar fan. And it, it seems like we've been able to direct those very, very nicely to people. Um, but really, um, we want to keep these players' histories and names alive in the history of basketball. Um, you know, when they're all gone, what will we do? I'm not sure. We, we may, uh, and we've already done one. At our 50-year reunion, we gave out the first Mel Daniels Memorial Scholarship. We gave some money to a kid from his high school that was going to college to play sports. Um, and, and we may start honoring other players the same way when we don't need the money to help them survive and get through the financial troubles that people are in. Yeah. Well, it's amazing what you guys are doing. God bless you for all that. And uh, I thank you for taking time to be on my show today. Thanks. I appreciate it. And that's great to spread the news. Okay. So instead of closing with a TV theme this time around, I'm going to do something a little different based on the conversation we had today and do a little reflection on the ABA, the American Basketball Association. Yeah, that red, white, and blue basketball was just glorious. We'd love to see that in the NBA. I think that would be just so cool. Or at least, you know, they should do some, you know, uh, games here and there to honor the ABA. 
any kind of uh, you know Paramount anniversaries that they had. So that would be kind of cool. So what I've decided to do is, uh, after doing a, a little YouTube search, uh, pulled off uh, an audio clip. This is Game 6 of the ABA playoffs in 1973. It's the Utah Stars and the Indiana Pacers. So I figured we'd do the Pacers in honor of our guest today. So this is very interesting. Uh, let me play this clip for you, and uh, I'll kind of follow up with some interesting facts about that. The Indiana Pacers in white. Daniels goes up against Beatty. The ball slapped over to James Jones. Utah starts it off on offense. Here's an interesting matchup. Freeman of Indiana and James Jones of Utah. Away from the basket, setting the high post. Now Utah sets it up as Jones is on the outside. Here's the whistle. Indiana leads this series three games to two, so the Utah Stars, of course, have got their backs to the wall right now. They've got to win today, or the whole thing is over. Jones steals for Utah, starts to break. Indiana gets back to shut it off. Billy Wise, Beatty, one of the better shooting big men in the league, but he can't get him. Here comes George McGinnis with a rebound at six. McGinnis with those big hands loops it outside to Don Freeman. Freeman missed it all and Govan clears. Tries to the outlet pass and it caroms off Darnell Hillman. Again, that was from Game 6, ABA Playoffs 1973. And this was broadcast actually on CBS. And I think you might recognize the voices that were on that particular highlight clip. Play-by-play man was Don Crickey. So, you know, he he's, he, he's tr- always been tremendous. His analyst, if you really listen closely, was the great Pat Summerall. Yeah, that's right, Pat Summerall doing the analyst role on NBA broadcasts. He would also do play-by-play of NBA broadcasts, which, of course, you know, obviously his greatness was in football, but, you know, he was a long time tremendous golf commentator and just another example why he was a great broadcasting legend so pat summerall uh doing the analysis of that utah stars and the indiana pacers quite a cool highlight and again uh, being in 1973 that was a division final in which the pacers uh would win that series four games two and then they would face the Kentucky Colonels in the ABA Finals, and the Pacers would be the ABA champions for that season. So uh, kind of cool to go back and uh, listen to uh, to that highlight. George McGinnis, you heard his name called. He was the MVP of the ABA playoffs. George McGinnis was an amazing player. Of course, you, you might remember uh, he ended up in the NBA on the Philadelphia 76ers, and... Uh, would eventually meet up with uh, Dr. J coming over from the Nets. Uh, in fact, the story goes, you know, McGinnis was the star on the team and he was approached by management and about the idea of them getting Dr. J. 
And he said, if you can get Doc, go get Doc. <laughs> so he put his ego aside of being the star player. Because he was, I mean, you know, Dr. J was the better of the two, but George McGinnis was not chopped liver <laughs> by any stretch of the imagination. Well, that'll do it for this week's show. Thank you so much for listening. And as always, uh, we do appreciate your follows on Twitter at Jeff Allen underscore 88. And uh, we'll be happy to hear from you. You follow me, I'll follow you. And uh, we'll have a good time talking sports together. And with that, we are done here. Thanks for listening to Jeff Allen Sports Talk. Follow Jeff on Twitter at JeffAllen underscore 88, on Facebook at JeffAllen88, and the website JeffAllenSportsTalk.com. And you can reach out to the show anytime by email, JeffAllenSportsTalk at gmail.com. Jeff Allen Sports Talk is brought to you exclusively by Kramer's Salve for Dogs. Does your dog itch, suffer from debilitating skin allergies, or trouble hot spots? We have the solution using the healing power of neem. Kramer Cell is a safe and natural approach to help your best friend live an itch-free life. Go to KramerSalve.net to order today with new low pricing. That's K-R-A-M-E-R-S-A-L-V-E dot net.